Ricky Gervais's love child. I do look a bit like him, don't I? You do. Oh. You sound like him as well. No, he's from Reading. Welcome once again to uh, the Pepper Pod. Hello, Eddie. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. We're all doing all right, aren't we? Just let's pretend we're all doing all right. I mean, after the pilot, we start for real. This is episode one, A New Hope. Uh, but a week is a long time in politics because we were speaking about, <laughs> about oh, the Indian Open might go. And then suddenly everything, everything has gone. So yeah. how, are you, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm. Uh, we were in Edinburgh all week, so um, we had some friends up for the weekend. So we uh, managed to keep it fairly light-hearted, I suppose, but as best you can in this environment. Well, it is interesting because the world the world's been turned a bit upside down. Uh, so many matters of enormous importance for us to discuss. Uh, golf has been decimated. Obviously, the wider sporting calendar has been thrown into chaos. Uh, the world at large changing, so we're going to have to cope with all that COVID-19 brings, so we need answers. We're all looking for answers to the big questions, uh, such as how is the all-meat diet going? Is that uh, All-meat's going pretty well. We had one, um, I guess you could call it, yeah, we had some vegetables. We went for a meal out in Edinburgh, a place called Isle, which was beautiful, okay. but um, it was quite off-piste, I must say. And um, yeah, this last few days since doing it, we, we've actually felt the difference, so we're, we're firmly back on the all-meat, the all-animal product, and... Back on the bone broths. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to get home and Jen's going to cook up some bones and we'll, um, yeah. Jen's going to cook up some bones. Good. Well, this is this is the kind of news we're going to bring you on the podcast, which is going to continue. I know it's all going a, a bit mad. It's even starting to the coronavirus affect celebrities. And if celebrities aren't safe, then who is safe? Tom Hanks and his wife. Of Rita course. Wilson. Okay, now I, I've made a decision uh, based on last week and based on uh, your uh, lively track record that our our lawyers, of which there are four collective lawyers, uh, Bonely, Barkington, uh, Woofson, and I can't think of another one. That's the firm. So they are probably going to uh, chime in and just try and drown you out if if you say anything controversial. In fact, yeah, you could um, yeah you could try and say. You try and say something controversial now. Uh, let me tell you something interesting I heard about Donald Trump, um, which is definitely true. <coughs> the real issue is that Greta Thunberg, and I'm absolutely positive about this. Hushed up by Brussels, I suppose. Um, right, so yes, thank you to our lawyers for um, stepping in there and, and doing their job, which is very important. They will be paid in in bone broth, I would imagine. But, uh, and again, to be serious for a moment, this is a very serious matter, very serious time. Normal life has been thrown into turmoil. Um, and there are a great number, an increasing number of uh, fatalities. I saw an 
I saw Keith Earls, great Irish rugby player, put out a message on Twitter because his daughter has an underlying lung condition. So what I'm trying to say here is if we joke, if we sound flippant, or if we're talking about other things which probably aren't that important in the grand scheme of things, um, or if we're a bit silly and nonsensical, which we're guaranteed to be, I think it's because we want to offer a bit of a, a diversion, an escape. There's enough uh, seriousness going on and in the media, so we will just be talking about whatever, bone broth and... yeah. And nonsense, and that's yeah. what we're going to do for the next for the next few weeks. Actually, do you know why it's called a coronavirus? We're going to inform as well. Do you know coron- where it comes from? Uh, is it is it not is it not a group of um, viruses that, that exist? And well, yeah. So th- so the actual virus is COVID nineteen. Coronavirus is you're right, the umbrella term. But yeah. the corona comes from because that's Latin for crown, and the um, peplomers, the eddy peplomers oh, that yeah. cover the actual virus under a microscope look like little spikes. Yeah. Of a crown, and I imagine it's Spanish for crown as well, and that's why Corona beer has got little crowns. Yeah, now though I do know that's how they attach into the cells of human cells. Actually, they they use them to attach in. Uh, You're laughing, but I'm not. That's uh, I honestly think that's a fact. Uh, I've learned that from Dr. John Campbell on YouTube. Which uh, if uh, (laughs) you you should start following that guy, he's a very nice old man. I don't want a good old Dr. John Campbell. Sounds very Scottish. So, um, well, uh, yes, there we are. We're informing. I think that's a fact, said Eddie. That'll become a that'll become a a regular feature. I think that's a fact. Yes, yeah, say something. That's that's think uh, Eddie's fact. Eddie's fact of the day. Right, what a week it was. So Friday was the day of the long knives for for sports events. Uh, up to that point, there'd been just a lot of sort of online questioning of whether some events should be going ahead. Some had been cancelled, and uh, at that point, the players' championship was was going to go ahead, and it did go ahead for. Mm. Around and then the players themselves kind of weighed in. Rory, and in particular, and others were saying, you know, should we be doing this? And I think that pressure told in the end on the PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this. I think of all the shocks of the weekend in golf, that for me was the biggest one. Um, you know, I thought it was there was some inevitability that events down the road were going to be cancelled. The Masters maybe not at this point, but obviously it did. Um, but the fact that they got one round in, then cancelled it um, after making provisions as well or plans certainly to remove the fans which was sensible um seemingly yeah after something happened clearly from the end of round one and that was probably like you say the top players and uh getting in the ears there and then uh, sort of the domino effect on on friday that i mean the masters cancelled quite reasonably early in terms of the date you know it's still sort of three weeks away but they took quite a s- swift decision to say it's not going to happen so i mean that's uh, this is enormous obviously in in peacetime for events to be postponed, possibly cancelled. The Masters has been postponed. They say they hope to play it at a later date. How how does one do that? I have no idea. You're definitely asking the wrong man. I, I, I suppose that um, Mark, the majors will take full priority of uh, the schedule post, let's be honest, post June, July. I, I don't think a lot's going to happen up until June, July. So um, I think the majors are going to have to take priority there and get put in wherever, and, and events will have to fit around that. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. It's, I mean, it's very cramped towards the end of the year. We'll be talking about that. Actually, we're going to try and grab a word with Lee Westwood as well. We're getting him to join us on the podcast later on, um, and pray for Hideki Matsuyama as well after his opening. Was it sixty-three? Was it sixty-three shot? Yeah, I think he did, didn't he? I mean, what can you say? Given the, the prize, fa- he walked away with the same amount of prize money as everyone else, which which kind of surprised me. That was a big surprise that everyone got paid. Fifty thousand dollars, and actually, all credit to Billy Horshaw yeah. for giving his to charity. I thought that was a um, because actually, that's not something I would have done because I know how much it would have cost me to get over there. So I would have certainly taken 
the portion back but um i may well have donated some of it to you know dog biscuit charity or indeed a bone broth company yeah. but um fair play to billy horshaw uh, i think uh, it was a northeast florida charity wasn't it it was um for and 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 also what the players championship did was and the pga tour was good in this respect all the, the food all the catering that had been bought in for the players championship they donated to that charity as well so i know the pga tour is getting lots of criticism for playing one round of the players championship with a crowd, and then they were planning to play the rest of it behind closed doors, and they, they got pilloried as as people are pilloried in this day yeah. and age. But they they did do some good as well. And it's it must be incredibly difficult because the temptation to carry on with their flagship event and just hope that you can sneak it in before mass gatherings are officially banned it must be a huge temptation. Yeah, listen, I I I think within America it's escalated very quick. Um, you know, it's been escalating for a while. I think they've. Escalated faster over there, so uh, I think that probably took them by surprise. But um, plus, I think there is the sense that in America, there's more people that aren't that are unawares maybe of the risk that this is potentially uh, posing. So um, you know, I thought for a moment the relationship between golf and politics was going to come into its own once again, and they were going to rise above everything. But seemingly, uh, they have uh, fallen victim to the virus as well. Mm. So this is where we stand. So events cancelled, officially cancelled on the PGA Tour or postponed, I think would be uh, uh, correct. And uh, I think the WGC match play has been cancelled. But um, So the next four weeks, Valspar in Florida, where Paul Casey won last year. Um, then there would, be, would have been the WGC match play. Then the Corrales Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic, which uh, Graham McDowell was supposed to be defending. Then the Valero Texas Open and now the Masters as well. So after that, it would be big conditional tense, the Heritage, Zurich Classic in New Orleans, uh, Wells Fargo at the end of April, beginning of May. So you're looking at the USPGA as well, scheduled for 14th to the 17th of May. Realistically, that's not... Well, I actually cancelled my flight and hotel a few days ago. I had that all booked to San Francisco and I cancelled that, partly because I wanted the money back. But um, also I was thinking, you know, I won't have a problem. Um, do you get the money back? I did. I did. Yeah, I did look at the conditions. So I, I got a return just because of the ticket I booked, which oh, is amazing with British Airways these days. I had to pay a small price, but um, I figured I wanted to get that back sooner rather than later. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not personally optimistic that we're going to play any golf before June, but um, I hope I'm wrong, obviously. Well, if it, uh, yes, yes, exactly. I mean, I hope we're wrong. But it, even if things were coming back at the beginning of June, I don't think that would be a horrendous result, given the way the world is heading. At, uh, seems to be heading at the moment. I know that I noticed that the uh, CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in the U.S., has just recommended an eight-week ban on gatherings of more than fifty people across the U.S. So the eight-week ban would take it pretty much to the middle of May. And again, so now you're looking at you know think about the Masters. Now they, I, I would imagine, would be keen to reschedule. And people are getting quite excited about, ah, Masters in the autumn. And but then if the USPGA is trying to reschedule, it's getting, it's all getting very cramped. And you've got sponsors tournaments at, you know, there is no, there is no week off in the PGA Tour. Every mm. single week is taken up by something. So yeah. do the majors then get to just sort of bully their way in? Because they're, they're not, you know, they're on the PGA Tour, but they're not owned by the PGA Tour. No, that's true. Um, I, I would say as a, as a, as an industry as such that we we should be prioritizing the majors above everything else although whether that gets put ahead of fedex who knows but um one potential positive and uh, and it could be an unintended consequence as such but uh, i've been saying for a while that we're over consumed with watching there's too much general sport and everything to watch and the one positive that's probably likely to come out of this is that when we do get back to norm normality it's going to feel um it's going to feel great and we're going to really enjoy watching the sport again well that's the thing i mean and people have been talking about this in that sport is seen some people say you know when life is normal and proceeding as planned people watch sport and take it for granted but kind of say oh what's the point of sport what's the purpose of sport well sport is 
an entertaining diversion, but quite a necessary diversion from all the other aspects of life that might be more serious. And sport serves a real purpose in, A, bringing people together, but also just giving you that enjoyment that it is, it's not too serious, but it is um, that entertaining step away from everything else that's going on. And you realise now when it's taken away, um, you realise how important it actually is. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, There's going to be lots of people, obviously, who sport, like you said, is, is there... Is where, is where they get their enjoyment from, and um, they're going to certainly have to find other ways. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, who it, knows? It, this is this is kind of now like uh, it would be in the 1840s before organised sport, where people sat around uh, and played parlour games or entertain themselves in other fashions, I don't know. But before, it was the Victorians who really got things going and just started organising things. Actually, I've got a list of the oldest sporting events, and you have to place them in the correct order. So which is the oldest of these sporting events? You've got the Open Championship, the FA Cup, Wimbledon, the Boat Race, and the Derby. The Derby. Mm, I'm inclined to say the Derby or the Open is the oldest. Right, so the Derby is the oldest, so um, I'll give you a, a point for that. Half a point for that. And in this what, rapidly made up game. So Derby's... Uh, 1780, incidentally, um, Derby. So I'm actually... I mean, I'm, I, maybe Wimbledon's the second oldest. No, it's not, is it? Wimbledon? It's not. It's the youngest of those that is I gave you. Is that right? Yeah. Well, who would have known that? Um, when was that out of interest? Sorry, 1877. So 18 that's a big leap forward from Derby, 1780, Wimbledon, 1877. So it's nearly 100 years. Um, so, so they open in the FA Cup in the boat race. So I'm going to stick with the my original inclination, which is the Open then would be the second oldest. No, you're wrong. Oh. Um, do you know when the first Open Championship was? This is where I'm testing the youth of today in golf mm, and their knowledge of history. 19, 1897. I mean, that is a long, long way out, the first Open Championship. So um, you've let yourself down there. When, um, was it? when was it? 1860. Was 1860. The first. Who, who won? Well, interestingly, I'm not going to tell you who won because that might feature in a game later on in this podcast, which is going to go on ad infinitum, but um, yeah. I will tell you who won later on. But 1860 at Prestwick, and then, so now you're left with the boat race and the FA Cup. Well, I, I'm not even sure there were boats in the 19th century, so I'm going to have to say races. the FA Cup is um, is older. No, you're wrong. So you've been wrong on absolutely everything within this game, which is tremendous. Oh, no, you got the derby, sorry. You got the derby, you got half a point, and then you just collapsed. You collapsed like... Uh, history wasn't my strong point at school. I will say I think I got a D in history, um, and I actually recall getting thrown out of a history lesson once because what? it was because um, the question was what was Balfour, who I believe is a Balfour. Prime Minister. Balfour, yeah. Balfour. Yeah. There you go, yeah. uh, Balfour. What was he famous for? And I put my hand up and I and I said that he had a, a one-inch penis, and that wasn't the correct answer, uh-huh. and I got thrown out for five minutes on that one. Right. Um, okay. That's my only memory of history. I'm surprised that it was as little as five minutes, to be honest. Um, mm. I well, that was a good one for me. I mean, they, I think I'd already... Ah, here comes See, our lawyer. one of our lawyers <laughs> at, <laughs> at Garnapazite moment. Olive has come in. Olive, what would you like to say about proceedings uh, at all? Anyway, uh, she's whispering to me something. Um, yeah, the estate of of Balfour. Who is it? James Balfour? No, Balfour. Who is it? James Balfour? I'll look this up in a minute. Uh, and they've been in touch to uh, say that that can't go in. So our, <laughs> lawyers, oh, our, our junior lawyer, our intern, Mabel, has turned up. Throwing me a bone. Has come in carrying a bone, um, suggesting that this might be important for your broth. But she's come in. She's useless. She's in work experience at the law firm, and she wanders around uh, getting tea and coffee orders. Uh, wrong. Anyway, so um, where were we uh, before this? So yes, you were bad at history. 
the boat race is the second oldest after the derby. The boat race goes back to 1829. Incidentally, still on kids next weekend uh, for <laughs> now. Um, looking mm. forward to that. Uh, so the derby, then the boat race, 1829. Then the Open Championship, 1860. The FA Cup, 1871-72 season. And I think Wimbledon then, 1877. So the oldest event I could find in sport, the Carlisle Bell Horse Race, which was sometime in the 16th century, just as vague as that. And the oldest tournament in golf was the Old Club Cup at Musselburgh Golf Club, uh, 1774. Royal Musselburgh or the, the racetrack one? I've actually played both. It would be Musselburgh, um, which would be within the, the, race within the racetrack. Yeah, I think it's a nine-hole course from memory. Yes. That's where the original size, that's where the size of golf holes was uh, determined because oh. that was the size of the cutting machine that the greenkeepers at the original Musselburgh Golf Links had. So that's oh. why it is, I think, what is it, four and a half inches or something? Yeah, four bigger and a half than All right, yeah. okay, good. <laughs> So here we are. This is what, as I said, life must have been like in the 1850s before um, the Victorians started organising sport events. And they just had to sit around listening to the popular podcasts of the days, um, Crimean Warcast. Peter Crouch may be talking about the exciting new Dickens novel, which everyone's going to love. So anyway, where were we on the golfing events? So that's what's happening on the PGA Tour. It has obviously been decimated. The European Tour had already taken steps and... As it stands, Andalusia, which is the week after the Masters, is the next thing on the schedule. It still hasn't been postponed, but again, you would be sceptical. You're, you're supposed to be playing there. Yeah, I'm entered. Okay. Nothing's booked. <laughs> Nothing is booked. No flights booked as yet. And on the LPGA, now on the ladies' PGA Tour, they were very, very quick. Mike Wan, the commissioner, was very quick to sort of take action. So all events have been postponed um, up until I think the Lotted Championship in mid-April will be the first one back but they, they, they had to cancel the ANA Inspiration the first major of the season which was scheduled for April the 2nd to 5th but that's gone on the Ladies European Tour the Saudi Ladies Invitational which was a big money event you know, reasonably controversial but a big money event a purse five times the size of South Africa again, not the country, the tournament which has just taken place has gone. They will try and reschedule later in the year. But there we are, we have golf to report because Alice Hewson won the um, South Africa Women's Open for her first her first title. So well done to Alice. Yeah, I actually watched her interview on BBC News. Um, she came across very well, actually. She did speak well, I must say, and good on her. I played with her once at uh, Wentworth in the Pro-Am because she'd won the Daily Telegraph Junior competition and uh, yeah, she was she was very good. Mm. Very, very good. Coped with uh, not laughing at me too much, which was difficult. But um, so on the Ladies European Tour, the next tournament is the Jabra Ladies Open at Evian, 7th to the 9th of May. So by then, who knows, uh, we're just hoping that things might get back. Justin Ray, who's a great stats man on Twitter, um, well not on Twitter, but he does sort of put out his Stat wears on Twitter. He gave the details of majors in the past that had been played later in the year. So this gives us some hope. Um, so you can look up there, but many times in the past, he said, because I don't have the official ones at my fingertips. Many times in the past, they played um, they played events, the US Open, the USPGA, in September, October. I wonder if they could go as late as October for the the, the Masters. Why not? Why I, I don't see why not. At this point, I think everything's up in the air, so you've got to... Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, what what would the flowers be like 
around Augusta in October. We need who do we need? Ken Brown, someone like that, to fill us in on that. Yeah. Would he know? Would even Ken know? Ken probably would know actually. So would we shall. I'll maybe put in an yeah. email to to him. Doctor John Campbell on YouTube. Might he might know. have a clue. I'll I'll send him a question in and see if he. <laughs> I'll be interested if he brings that one up. But His knowledge um, about uh, flora and fauna. Um, I want to uh, move on and do our feature, which God help us all is going to become a regular feature, but it is this. I'll tell you what, there aren't many golfers called Alan. Do you, you like that? That's that was, I mean, you, you, dr- you, drove was. 40, you drove 45 minutes to get him to record one line. <laughs> I can tell you, the listeners, I, I'd heard that Alan Hansen is a lovely man. And, uh, Good golfer go. as well. Yeah, I'd heard that. He's back down to four. Uh, at Birkdale. Uh, well, 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 interestingly. He's been a long-time member of Hillside. Uh, we're obviously right beside Birkdale. He lives right beside Birkdale. But I think that he and uh, and King Kenny Douglish are both uh, on their way into Birkdale as well. So they've both been members of Hillside. I think they're both... Oh, I see. So they do. They they spend a lot of time golfing. But he's a, yeah, he's a very good golfer. I think he played for Scottish schools. Did he? Once back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day before colliding with Willie Miller at the 1992 World Cup against the Soviet Union, and we went out and I cried. Um, <laughs> right, so there aren't many golfers called Alan, and this game is uh, because I thought that I couldn't think of many golfers called Alan, and we were going to go through various names and have back and forth and see who can name the most golfers, uh, living or non living, ex living, uh, with a certain name. What did we go for last week? Andrew. Andrew and, and Eddie. Eddie. Oh, we tried Andrew. So anyway, yeah. we got pilloried um, uh, for the lack of Andrew Coltart and Andrew Oldcorn and Ed Humanick, who I hadn't heard of either. No. But I, I forgot. But I hadn't heard of Andrew Coltart either, to be fair. <laughs> no. I don't and I certainly didn't know that he disliked dogs as much as he does. No, which is... he just doesn't like dogs. Anyway, I didn't, I've never heard of him either. But um, he, yes, he didn't get in touch. Lots of people on his behalf did. Of course I know Andrew Coulter, but this is the point of the game. It's under pressure. It's on the spot. You might not remember really obvious ones. So this week, and also I forgot to mention there is an, another Alan, Alan Tate, who was a great amateur when I was growing up and went on to become a very good pro, had the course record at Carnoustie for a while, set it in a Scottish Pro-Am, 64, was equaled by Monty, Steve Stricker, and then... 63. Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Fleetwood came in and took. So Alan Tate is an ex-course record holder at Carnoustie. But our name for this week on... There aren't many golfers called Alan, the game that nobody is playing. Um, Our name for this week is Bill, William, Willie, Will. So anybody, um, living or dead, famous golfer with those names. And you've got to be able to... You can't just say a name by reading the official world golf rankings at 2000. You've got to be able to actually say, t- tell us a little bit about them, where they're from, or what. You know. Anyway, so I'm going okay. to. Do you want me to start? You, you, start? you go first. Yeah. Okay, Bills. Um, Bill Rogers, 1981 Open champion, Texan, smiley man, blonde hair, lost it. Absolutely lost his form. You know, a year, two years later, he was, he was gone. But he was brilliant for a while, and he won. I think Langer was close to him at that Open um, Sandy Lyle as well maybe right anyway 1981 yeah. Open champion Bill Rogers go on okay, a decade before I was born so I, I, have, I think you might have an advantage <laughs> in this game but I'm going to go for Billy Horshaw he's already mentioned second time he's featured in the, the podcast there we are 
What did he, uh, he, he? He's famous for giving money to charity. Yes, whereas a uh, nice chap because he was at Wentworth last year for the first time playing there, and he couldn't have been nicer. And yeah, good guy. Uh, and a wealthy man as well. He won the FedEx Cup, didn't he? In two thousand. Of course, that makes sense. Well, of course, you can give fifty grand when you've won like fifty million. Let's yeah. not belittle his charity work. He's a good man. Anyway, um, Billy Casper. I mean, he and he was good in the era of the big three. He won three majors. He won the nineteen. Seven, actually, I interviewed him at the Masters in 2006. Was it 2006? 2005. So he was 73-ish, and now he's shot. And I'll, again, I'll tell you about his great achievements in the game in a moment. But I can also tell you he shot 106 that year, and I interviewed him. And he said he just wanted to play around. It was his last time, and he just wanted to do it for his children, his grandchildren. And so he shot 106. So we were interviewing him uh, in the pen afterwards. There used to be a pen behind the 18th green. You just wait there. So I was interviewing Billy Casper. And then the Masters removed that score from the records. It was stricken because they didn't want this great champion to be yeah, remembered. Yeah, it was almost like he was a ghost of his former self. 106. But he won this 1970 Masters. He won the US Open twice. In 1966, quite a famous one at Olympic Club, when Arnold Palmer did very Arnold Palmery things, he was storming clear. He was seven clear with nine to play. And he lost, I think he went into a playoff with Casper. 15 top fives in majors, Billy Casper. So this is a long, there aren't many golfers called Alan episode. Yeah, this is... um, Go on, who's your... Okay, uh, Billy Mayfair. Billy Mayfair, give me a Billy Mayfair. A terrible putting stroke. (laughs) Terrible putting stroke. Good putter, but not pretty stroke. Okay, Uh, is it questionable behaviour? I don't think our lawyer, my junior, the intern is nodding, but she knows nothing about... Um, did he? Anyway, so I, the, that might get barked over. Anyway, so Billy Mayfair, good one. Um, uh, Bill Haas. Yeah, Bill Haas, well, another winner of, of the FedEx son Cup. Son of Jay, another winner of the... Uh, actually, did he win 2011? Maybe it was him that won 2011, not Billy Horschel. I could check that later. Mm. I don't actually care. They both won the FedEx Cup. So, yeah. uh, great golfing family. Another Masters connection. His great uncle... Um, in, not that he was an awesome uncle, but he was uh, uncle once removed. Bob Golby won the 68 Masters when Roberto Di Vicenzo signed the wrong score and said uh, famously, what a stupid I am. And that gave the Masters sign the wrong score on the scorecard? I know, who would do? <laughs> what a clown. <laughs> who would do uh, that? So anyway, there we are. Who's yours next? Um, Billy Hurley. I think he's the third, actually. So there's probably two before him. Probably weren't golfers. I think what's unique about Billy Hurley the third is that he was in the army or something like that. So there's every chance he's going to be called in to help with the COVID-19 rescue. Um, that's not unique, being in the army. There are lots of people in the army. Okay, well, to if me that's unique. it was a one-man unique, army, it was just Billy Hurley um, taking on the world. Well, it's unique for a golfer, isn't it, to have to do... I can only think of one other, maybe Sangmoon Bay. Well, had lots to, of uh, South Korean golfers, the males, who all have to do their national service, unless they win an Olympic... Now, is it an Olympic medal or an Olympic gold medal? Because that gets you an exemption. Not competing in the Olympics, but I think if you win an Olympic medal, you're then exempt because it's shown your status as a sports mm. a sportsman. So, um, But yeah, it's amazing the South Korean uh, on the men's side that they have to do their... You know, they'll come in at whatever age it is, he said again vaguely, um, early 20s, that in the middle of a prime sporting career, it doesn't matter, you have to go and do your military service. Yeah, I'm just picturing um, a savage to go to war sometime down the road, um, and Justin Rose being the only exempt member of our society <laughs> sat in the Bahamas with a cup of tea. And just, he would be uh, 
Great. He would be really good in the army. Because he would smile, and the white teeth he's got would definitely put the uh, the opponents off. But um, Who would you not want to have alongside you of a golfer in the in the military? Who would be shirking their duties? Well, that's a great question. Um, that's such a good question. I might have to think about that. Um, I, I mean, I think someone like... Patrick Reed might just slope off. You'd turn around and say, right, we're all in this together. He's gone. No, he'd be good because he'd have a weapon, a shovel. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Bryson DeChambeau would claim to have invented this super gun, but actually he, his science behind it would be totally debunked and it would explode on its first firing. Yeah. Or he'd just be too slow in getting out of the, the trenches. Yeah, I think you'd put them in the... the, the what's it, is, it, what's the is it the front guard? I know there's a rear guard. I doubt there's a front guard. Oh, um, front line. Who knows, but... Uh, I'm glad we don't know about such things in these times. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so um, where were we on, Bill? Was it your turn or my turn? I think I went last. Oh, you said Billy Hurley, Billy of Hurley. course. Um, Willie Ochterlone. Well. Famous name in, yeah. in golf in terms of the shop in St Andrews because that was the, the Ochterlone name. And Actually, family. great that you've brought him up because last year at the Dunhill Links, I snapped my six iron. In, in range? Yeah, of course. And how did you snap? What's your snapping technique? I think I stood on it. Um, but I got reshafted for the I don't want to say the final round or the weekend. And the only shaft they had in Octolones was a C taper. Now I forgot the name off the top of my head. I forgot the name of the brand, but it was called a C taper. Uh-huh. I'd been using these S taper shafts, oh, which were God. black, but I had no choice. It was either play with no six iron or play with a different shaft entirely. So I chose the different shaft. And at the weekend, it was windy, and the best shots I hit with my irons, and this is no joke, was with my six iron. So I went the next week to the British Masters, spoke to the Mizuno guys, was like, listen, this six iron's brilliant. Can I get a set made up? Got a set made up with that brand new shaft, won the golf tournament. Uh, um, so I've got Willie Octoloni to thank yeah. in a number of ways. Really. That's fantastic. Actually, I thought while you are mentioning uh, Mizuno there, because this is a commercial pod with no official sponsor yet, get in touch, folks, um, that... We should give you, because you're not playing um, for the next few weeks, we should give you a chance, an outlet to just, if you want to mention all your uh, all your sponsors and just give them a, give them a shout out. Give them, give them a shout out. Um, yeah, well, so I'd uh, like to thank. Who would you like to thank? I'm just giving you some background music. Um, I'm trying to think of a bone broth company. There uh, must be many out there, but I can't think of any. So I'm going to go for Ember and they do beef jerky so thanks to Ember for supplying me with beef jerky on the golf course do you get sponsored by them do you get supplied by them uh, no I, Amazon supply me I buy them but they're just very good beef jerky um, official sponsors semi-official soon to be official so who next I would like to thank my sponsor Phil at MPL he's been there for the, for the duration now five years he's been there he's seen it all he's seen snap clubs uh, balls in lakes many balls in lakes um, different wrong scorecards he's seen victories he's seen them all so thanks to Phil and I hope you survive this long summer who else um, I think we should thank IMG because they provided us with our own listener from Russia and I'll leave that there they really? I thought maybe our listener from Russia was Putin. I'm going to stop that there. So anyway, that's uh, Eddie's sponsor section. Right, uh, Willie Ochterlone was the last one, so I gave that. He won the Open in 1893, incidentally, uh, in terms of his golfing prowess. So uh, have I got you there? Have you got any? No, I've actually got one more. Uh, he's called William Harold, and he is a golfer. He's a young English golfer, but he's famous for having the most English-sounding name in golf. So uh, that is there you good. Go. So William Harold, where's William Harold? What's his? Is um, he an amateur? A, he's a professional. He was an amateur. He's a professional. I think he plays on some of the um, lower ranked tours, but uh, he's he's a real guy. Okay, he's a real guy. Uh, Willie Fernie won the Open eighteen eighty three, but I I know Willie Fernie because he was the first professional at Troon. 
um, was a professional for years and years there, redesigned the course as well. Actually designed the original Ailsa course at Turnbury as well before, before it, well, it got, down, it got changed in the war and then they sort of redesigned it. Oh, it's one of, our, one of our lawyers. Somebody might be coming back home. So uh, that's the senior lawyer, Olive, who's got something to say. Anyway, so there we go. Have you got any more? Have I won this um, one? I, I'll give you it again. I, I think I think in the interest of uh, again the podcast, and uh, I can just I'm just picturing Ian Carter. Oh, there's the relief again. So uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Um, let's move on. I just want uh, other news. Brooks Kepka and John Ram have also said they are not into the the Premier Golf League. I mean, after Rory said it, so that's the top three in the world. It's basically them, and on the pro side for it, uh, it's pretty much Phil Mickelson. Or something. He's just, uh, he's he's in favour of it, I think. But it's with those three coming out against it, you can't really see it happening. I'm have to go and control my lawyer in a moment. But it's it seems to be you know when we do get back playing golf that it's not going to be happening. It, it, the barking because Polter's just shown up at the front door. The postman. <laughs> the postman has turned up. What's he got for us? Absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah. there's a letter from. Uh, Patrick Reed's lawyer. That was quick. <laughs> it was quick. Anyway, um, other news. Woods will be inducted into the Golf Hall of Fame, we found out, in 2021. This is why they lowered the age of it, qualification age, to 45 from 50. This is why one of the many reasons why the World Golf Hall of Fame is nonsense. You know, Tiger Woods is going to be inducted into the Golf Hall of Fame. Phew, I'm glad he made it. Otherwise, I wasn't sure how great he was. So until he gets a little picture in a building in Florida... But it's such an arbitrary thing until you get into it, in which case it'll become important. Yeah, I mean, I listen. No one, no one would be at the ceremony for two reasons: one with Tiger because it's coronavirus, but with me because just no one would be there because it's me. So, um, yeah, I'm not very likely to get there, obviously. But not that I would really want to be there. But no, I don't really got anything to add to that, Andrew. Um, congratulations to Tiger. I'm sure he's thrilled. Good. Anyway, right. Okay. Uh, uh, one other section because we're all sort of a loose end, twiddling our thumbs and uh, listening to podcasts, etc. Um, I, w- I want to start a feature called Eddie recommends because you're a man of highbrow tastes or taste, you know, uh, and varied taste on very vari- uh, various things, whatever they might be, books or or television programs or podcasts or something. So um, socks, socks. <laughs> so what do you what what do you do? Fill your time. You you do like a book. I saw that Rory has been get, uh, talking about his... So he loves self-help books, motivational books. He just goes to those stands in the airport bookshops and hoovers them up. Be the better you and yeah. wish it, want it, do it and See, things that, like that. Well, listen, Rory is a far greater man than me in many, many ways, clearly, because when I think of self-help, I think of the Kama Sutra um, because <laughs> I'm going to need that. So for, for Rory, listen, I mean, it's great and he is um, definitely improving himself. But actually, I would recommend two TV shows... Um, you know, we're going to have lots of time off, obviously. So this one's probably more for the younger generation. Right. Um, but I'm going to recommend they get into Game of Thrones. I mean, we've got so much time off now, Andrew, that, you know, th- th- they're going to be able to fill two weeks binge watching Game of Thrones. It's full of... You don't want to watch something like that in the uh, at this moment with the way the world is. I just think it's too... No, it's full of debauchery and sex and violence and all sorts of things. I mean, it's like Westminster. Um, so I think, you know got to watch that but that's more for the younger people for the older people um i apologize on behalf of my colleague why can't why can't the older generation watch watch game of thrones it's not there's a lot of nudity and at this time but do you think they haven't seen well think the younger generation are the only ones who can cope with well i just know? think they're suffering enough and they don't need nostalgia to be hitting them at this time <sighs> 
I would not recommend Game of Thrones at this juncture in the world, uh, no. the way things are going. I just think it's a little bit too chaotic and disordered and violent and unpleasant. I'm going to recommend... Um, well, hang on, this isn't your... Uh, this is Eddie Recommends. Eddie Recommends that Andrew also recommends something. No, each week we'll, we'll both recommend something. Okay. So if you're watching a television series, I'm going to offer you a humorous escape and say Silicon Valley. Have you watched Silicon Valley? I haven't watched it. So there are four series of Silicon Valley. It's finished now, uh, done for good. But go back and watch Silicon Valley. It's very funny, and it's just, I uh, just think, a, a good escape. So, What's it about? What's funny about Silicon Valley? There's nothing funny about them. It's they are full of woke leftists. They're very, they're very unfunny. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with woke leftists. Um, so um, Silicon Valley is just, it's about um, three, four talented young computer programmers who set up a uh, get this great algorithm or whatever and you can tell I'm all over the technology uh, but, but basically it's them setting up and making millions, losing millions, whatever it might be and setting up business, it's just very funny Silicon Valley is very good, go and watch it don't watch Game of Thrones, it's dark and unpleasant, I did enjoy it, until the end it got a bit, I just think it lost its way a little bit, but anyway, Silicon Valley Oh it did lose its way, but yeah. it's got dragons as well Dragons um, right, okay, so there we are on this, again, feature which will be uh, regular or semi-regular, I don't know. Eddie recommends, he's recommended this little heard of television programme called Game of Thrones. Thanks for that. Semi-regular, Eddie. that's like being on the carnival diet. Right, so um, just a couple of other things. I do want to say that this podcast will continue. I know some golf podcasts, I know sports sections of newspapers, you see them whittling down to just a little bit of... Gossamer paper at the end of the the main section at the moment, um, but this podcast is going to continue. It's a fascinating thing setting up a podcast. It's fascinating and slightly tedious. Um, there's even an option when you enter settings for it. Do you want to have a GoFundMe page or settings where people can send you money? And I was when I said it about that, no, no, not at all. But now I want to go back into the settings and say actually <laughs> yes. Um, but we're not going to do that. And also, I compare this to the, the Rory McElroy pod uh, with Carson Daly, uh, Nevada newspaper. Um, it is Carson Daly, is it? I think it's Carson Daly, yeah. yeah. And, and I watched their feature on the 17th at Sawgrass with about 14 cameras involved and all the people and all the money that goes into this their podcast. And I think of all the investment that goes into this podcast and it's not comparable. Well, really. that's true. But if you think about The Office, which is probably still one of the greatest TV shows ever, right? that probably wasn't a very expensive show to make, was it? Whereas... No, no, it wasn't. But so that had two geniuses behind it, and Gervais and Merchant. That's and a good this point. And out of us two, who would be? Here? Well, actually, that I would definitely be the, the short, podgy one, and you would be the tall, lankier one. So we know the answer to the that. The tall, one. very, very fit, and sculpted one. So somebody actually, when you submit a podcast, somebody in, in terms of iTunes actually has to listen to it to, to vet it to see that it's not just someone swearing for an hour and saying horrible things. So somebody at Apple HQ has to listen, had to listen to this podcast before it got all the, you know, their manager would come around and say, Susan, what are you doing in the morning? Well, I'm, I've just signed off on um, Zach from Sacramento and his guitar podcast, Plectrum Cast, and now I'm listening to two ill-qualified people <laughs> going on about all-meat diets and... Well, uh- most of the reviews from what I saw were good, except for one um, that I saw on Twitter, where I think it was you that was that was described as a being as funny as a jar of COVID nineteen, which is a pretty funny um, this, I suppose. I mean, you must have enjoyed is that it one. Funny? I, do, I, I don't. I just think there's enough negativity on Twitter. Be nice. If you want to give us a review, we are there on whatever uh, platform you want to give us a review on. 
And I, if you subscribe, incidentally, we would like you to subscribe. We'll be going on. We'll, it'll get better, I promise you. Uh, but we will be here for the duration uh, talking about all sorts of things. But if you subscribe, then that apparently makes a difference in the algorithms that the people from Silicon Valley have set up. So so do that. Um, anyway. Doctor, to be fair, Dr. John Campbell's got, I think, 450,000 subscribers. And I think most of those have come from the last two months. And he's providing a real service to the community. So if he can do that... I think we can hit upwards of a million because yeah. in these, you know... Well, there were good months. numbers in the first week. I'm not going to go into the details of the numbers. Oh, but where was more. our... So we had... But it, the fascinating, the analytics that you see, you can see where everybody in the world is listening to the podcast. So we've got 52 countries have listened to our podcast, some in greater number than others, but 52. So... Um, who have we got? Bulgaria. Nigeria came late to the party, but there is one person in Nigeria. If you are the person in Bulgaria or in Nigeria who listens to this podcast, get in touch at, is it Pepperell Eddy or Eddie Pepperell? Or uh, get it's Pepperell Eddy, actually. Pepperell yeah. Eddy. Um, you got it the wrong way around. Oh, Was I, there think, another? Well, I had to delete my old accounts, yeah. Oh, right, okay. And at Mr. Andrew Cotter, if you want to get in touch, there's one person in Russia we mentioned, one person in Estonia. Lots of people in the United States and Canada and Ireland and Australia and the UK obviously listening. So we want to uh, fill in the gaps. There are, what, 205 countries maybe in the world? So we've got 52. So yeah. this is like a digital version of risk that we just want to take over the world. Yeah, it would be good for this podcast to represent as much uh, inclusivity as, as it possibly can. It would really uh, warm my heart. Right. Let's um, let's speak quickly to uh, Lee Westwood because we can get him on the phone now. So let's finish this podcast with a chat with... Uh, with the great man. The only Rolex series winner of the year so far. Here we are. This is our chat to Lee Westwood. Lee, how are you? What uh, what are you up to in these strange times? What are you doing at the moment? <laughs> um, I'm in Ireland uh, trying to arrange a wedding for next, this August. So I'm doing a lot of food and well. wine tasting. Is this your own wedding or have you become a wedding planner and this is what you're doing for somebody else? No, this is my own wedding to my caddy. <laughs> How is Helen? Is she well? She's great, yeah. She's, te- uh, she's testing the champagne and I'm testing the Guinness. Okay, who's taking control? Well, eventually I'll have to take control, but she thinks she's taking control right now. Is it going to be a, a big wedding or a, a small private exclusive affair? Because I, I'm just saying my invitation hasn't, hasn't arrived yet, so awkward. Smallish, nine, 90 to 95 people. Ooh. Well, that's not that small. Even Eddie's not invited. Come on. No, I've moved to dress. Um, right, so tell us first of all, because you weren't playing at the players, so you're obviously watching all that happening. And to be serious for a moment, you um, felt quite quickly that it shouldn't be be going ahead. I mean, obviously you weren't playing, you were going to be playing the next couple of weeks in, on the PGA Tour, but it's astonishing the way, how quickly things have developed out there. Yeah, but at the same time, I had the luxury of seeing what was going on in all the other sports. So, but I suppose the people that run the PGA Tour had that luxury as well. But, uh, you know, you could see it all uh, unravelling yeah. before and- your eyes, really. And, uh, you know, the NBA and people like that were taking such drastic measures that I didn't I didn't see how playing behind closed doors or or something like that, you know, could ever look right. Hmm. And then, the, I mean, you you were quite aware, obviously, of Cheltenham because that's a big thing for you, and the way that was going ahead, and it wasn't it wasn't a great look, and other sports were clearly doing things in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was absolutely disgusting, really, that Cheltenham went ahead. I, I, I normally go. I didn't go this year, 
um, not for the reasons of coronavirus. I just didn't didn't want to go this year, and you know I didn't play the players, and everybody thought it was because of going to Cheltenham, but uh, it wasn't. Um, and I was just shocked that people thought it was a good idea to get eighty thousand or however many people attend Cheltenham together over four days. And uh, you know, with what's going on at the moment, I think it's, the picture is bigger than that. And you know, hindsight's a great thing, but. You didn't need hindsight with that one. That is, it's just so obvious that racing shouldn't have gone ahead. And, and well, I suppose the contrast to that is how quickly the Masters they decided to postpone things. I mean, that, and again, you you know, if you were looking at it selfishly, which you, we, we can't afford to do in this uh, at this time, you know, you would say, well, I was looking forward to getting back and playing in the Masters. So you'll be hoping that it can be rescheduled. Well, hopefully they can reschedule it. You know, because. You know, I think everybody loves watching the Masters as much as we love playing in it. But uh, it, it, this this goes way beyond sport, doesn't it? Although people are going to become uh, very bored very quickly if they've got nothing to to do or watch. Or so. Yeah, I, you apparently. Know, uh, were you watching badminton at the weekend? Did I see on Instagram? <laughs> I was watching. Uh, yeah, I was watching badminton because there was literally nothing else on. I'm not a big watcher of Netflix or and stuff like that. So. I generally only watch sport, so. So the, I'm, uh, with the coming time off, if you had to, sh- if you had to choose between these TV shows to watch, either Silicon Valley or Game of Thrones, which one would you choose? Game of Thrones, because I can only imagine Silicon Valley's horrendous. See, it's not horrendous. This is this. Come, we've just had a feature where Eddie recommends something, and I'll try and recommend something to keep us all sane. Uh, and obviously, no. I recommend. Eddie, I, I re- Eddie was. Hang on, Eddie was Game of Thrones, and you were Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah, but what? Why would people want to watch, with the way the world is at the moment, why would they want to watch Game of Thrones, which I loved, but those were in happier days. So watch a comedy. Silicon Valley's brilliant. So what would you recommend then? Oh, it's a comedy, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I might might watch Silicon Valley then. Maybe I've done it in an injustice there. Yeah, give it it a chance. Anything you've been watching? No, I haven't got to that stage yet. Yeah, because you did Uh, say that you might watch Emmerdale and EastEnders, and everyone said, come on now, it's not that serious yet. No, that was very tongue-in-cheek. I definitely won't be watching either of those. What plans do you have to, in terms of, because your golf was going, you know, so well this season, winning in Abu Dhabi, so do you you even, when you don't know how long the layoff's going to be, do you try and keep your game simmering away? Do you leave the clubs for a while and concentrate on wedding planning and other things and watching badminton? What what do you do golf-wise? Uh, well, we don't know whether you know clubs and things like that are going to be open, do we? I think gyms are bound to shut, which sort of puts a kibosh on me going into the gym and getting thinner and fitter for the rest of the season. I was actually uh, delighted about that, Lee. I think that's, that's good news, surely, no? Yeah, well, quietly, I was quite happy that uh, that I wasn't going to be able to throw some tin around. Uh, so I'll probably have to go out and play golf and, uh, and hit balls. Um, my son's out playing a tournament at the moment. He's got one next week, so I might end up caddying or something like that, so... Who knows? So, Lee, out of interest, because I'm really prepared because I've got a putting green at home. I actually do have a gym at home, which I use like once every decade. Um, but I've also just ordered from Amazon a net to put in the back garden. Um, so, you know, from my perspective, if I am literally on shutdown for a month, I, I feel like I might be OK. Um, what Have you not got anything in place like that? or No? I have nothing in place. And, and both of those things, Eddie, to be honest, shock me that you've got a putting green and a gym. You can't you, use those very often. You'll be able to sell them as brand new. That means you've, you've both seen me in a shirt that's too small for me and seen me putt, which, um, well, actually, <laughs> when you're throwing that kind of criticism at me, then I... <laughs> 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 yes, it's time to move on to those extra-large shirts, Eddie. Yeah, I'm, I'm heading that way. 
Anyway, right. Okay, I, I have one one more serious golf question, and I just throw it in because this is ostensibly a golf podcast. But um, I don't know if you saw Lee that. So first, Rory, now John Ram and Brooks Kepka have all said that the uh, the Premier Golf League is not for them. What do you think about those plans of the Premier Golf League? Uh, yeah, I think in theory, you know, getting a world tour together is a good idea. Whether the Premier Golf League is the way to do it, uh, I'm not sure, but I think. Everybody that plays and everybody that watches wants to see the best players play against each other as often as possible during the year. And uh, I don't see how, you know, all the golf tours that we've got, you know, is going to be sustainable for a long period of time. It's, uh, you know, you've got conflicting sponsors and weeks where good tournaments go up against each other. Um, and it's just, I don't think it's a great thing for golf. So would I like to see a world tour? I'd certainly like to see a tour where all the best players come together more often. Yeah, there we are. We're, we're ending on serious golf chat, which wasn't the, the, the plan of the conversation, but I suppose I steered it that way. So um, enjoy the rest we of can your... Soon change it. We can soon turn it around to something else, Andrew. Oh, I, I, I like, don't know. What, like what do your you... golf swing. Well, there's nothing. As we would say, there's nothing wrong with my golf swing. It just doesn't exist anymore. So um, <laughs> I first saw Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood was the star. So I remember playing uh, boys golf and... Hunstanton maybe I remember seeing for the first time I was going that's Lee Westwood he's quite a big deal he had enormous hair and I was playing a practice round with my friend Lee he won't remember this at all but my friend who was a good player was so nervous playing in front of this big star that he topped the ball in front of Lee Westwood although as as far as I can recall that week you also got knocked out early and went off to play in the consolation tournament at Kings Lynn do you know what I think I did (laughs) oh don't think about it my friend you did I'll tell you a funny story about that week I went down to the local fair uh, after I got knocked out of the uh, uh, British boys or something like that I think it was and I went down the helter skelter and I put my hand down at the bottom and I broke my thumb and the next day it was Great Britain and Ireland against the continent of Europe and I was playing Ignacio Garrido and I took him on with a broken thumb changed my grip and I beat him two up and I've never, ever let him forget it since. Yeah, but what you didn't know was that Garrido had been in the dodgems as well and had broken his leg, and he was playing on a broken <laughs> leg. So. Oh, good days, good well, times. I remember that know, fair. You wouldn't know, would you, what went on? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I got, I got punched at that fair that same week by a local. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, this guy just came up and just punched me. Um Anyway, good times. Good times. Right, we're going to draw it to a close there, Lee, and let you get on with your Guinness and wedding planning. So, yeah, that must, is that why no one lives in Norfolk? I mean, some people do. Stephen Fry and uh, some other people do live in Norfolk. So, anyway, uh, listen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being our first official guest on the Pepper Pod oh, as well. My so you're pleasure. Honor. We actually have Patrick Green lined, uh, Patrick Green lined up next week. So, uh, Oh, great. Yeah. Wish us luck. We don't have that, if you're listening in for that. Anyway, thanks, Lee. Uh, All the best uh, when the season resumes. And all the best with the wedding. And I'm looking forward to being one of the 95. Good stuff. Thanks, Lee. You might get a a late invite. So there we are. That was uh, Lee Westwood. Um, The great man. He is one of the greats, isn't he? He is actually uh, a very great man. Um, Good man as well. Good fun. He's a good fun guy. I've spent a bit of time with him on and off the course. Him and Helen are good fun, actually. And uh, yes, good luck to those young kids for their their wedding and their future together. Um, so yes. and uh, Caddy, Caddy and player getting together. Um, will we see the like of that again? Mm. <laughs> Do you mm. look at Mick sometimes and go? Oh. Ooh, no, Mick. Mick has Mick has weathered uh, weathered um, not so well, but. Um, 
Right, our lawyers are coming in again. So, um, actually, that's fine. Right, so we're going to draw it to a close here. So that is episode, officially episode one. After the pilot episode last week, episode one of the Pepper Pod. Um, so we're going to be doing this again and again and again until... Where are we meeting next Monday? I think we should go to your old golf club and do it do it there and do something from your old... If they're still allowing mass gatherings of two people, then we could we could go... Uh, I will I will come to you rather than you've come to my house today. So we'll go to... So we've been to one of your houses. So we'll just go a tour of your houses, the various properties that you own around the world. Yeah. And we'll do that. But we'll be here and chatting next week again. Thanks Brilliant. for joining us. Look forward to it. Thank you. I'm currently doing Guinness testing. I'm on my third pint.